It's time for What's Up with Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. We've actually got Deputy Prime Minister and currently Acting Prime Minister Grant Robertson on the line. Kia ora Grant, how are you this morning? Kia ora, well thank you. Lovely to have you on the show and uh, a good time to have the, the Minister for Sport on the show as well after a very exciting weekend of sport, particularly with the Black Ferns win. This has felt like a very significant moment for women's rugby and, and women's sport in Aotearoa. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'm still ecstatic. I, I don't think I've come off my high yet. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a, um, a real turning point, I think, for women's rugby in particular. Just to be there at Eden Park on Saturday and have, you know, a full house, 40, nearly 43,000 people, um, it was just a moment in history. I think it's one of the best rugby games I've ever been to and trust me I've been to a lot of rugby games um, I think I've seen some international media call it the best World Cup final ever in, wow. in rugby um, yeah and, and uh, you know f- for someone like me who's been in and around the Black Ferns for quite a long time now I'm just so thrilled that for them that, um, that they're getting the recognition that they deserve and now the, the trick for all of us is to make sure we make the most of this not just for rugby but actually for all sport and active recreation mm. um, opportunities for girls and women because it's so exciting to see what's possible. What would you like to see come out of this as, as some, I guess, some really tangible improvements to the way women are, I guess, uh, valued in this game? I'm thinking particularly around money. <laughs> yeah, and look, you know, I think there's an inevitable march towards pay equity and pay parity within sport. Um, it's taking longer than a lot of people would like uh, and I think keeping the pressure on to New Zealand rugby and indeed other sporting bodies to to pay um, equally. Uh, Our football ferns, our soccer team, they they get that already. Our seven-a-side rugby team, the men and the women, are paid the same but not the 15-a-side. And while, you know, it's really great that this team has had full-time contracts and so they are paid, those contracts are still not at the value of their of their male equivalents. But the reason that's always given for that is that there's not enough commercial revenue generated, the sponsorship revenue. Well, I just cannot believe that after this last few weeks, mm. there won't be companies lining up outside New Zealand Rugby's door to be involved with the Black Ferns. So that's one thing. The other thing, though, is that, you know, the Black Ferns are the elite team and they're amazing, but you need a pipeline of players, you need community-level sport being um, strong, and as I say, that doesn't necessarily just have to be rugby, that's opportunities for girls and um, young women of all backgrounds to be able to find the, the sport or the type of recreation they love and be encouraged and supported to be a part of that. And you know, we, we have created the first ever Women and Girls in Sports strategy four years ago, and it has three themes, you know, participation, leadership, and that valuing and visibility. And I'm thrilled we're making heaps of progress, but there's also still barriers to mm-hmm. pull down. And so that's the bit that I'm focused on, and I really hope the sporting bodies like New Zealand Rugby are focused on on making sure the elite-level players are rewarded properly. Well, let's turn to one of your other portfolios now, finance. There's been quite a bit of criticism this week about uh, your reappointment of Adrian Orr as the Governor of the Reserve Bank, particularly from the opposition, who are frustrated that they haven't been perhaps part of the consultation process. There is a precedent historically for that to happen. Uh, Now, Adrian Orr's on for another five years, and this has also been a concern for uh, National, has spoken up about this. Uh, They were hoping for perhaps uh, one year while we lead into the election. 
election. What what would you say to these concerns? Why why have we taken this action? Yeah, so the, the appointment process for the Governor of the Reserve Bank is set out in the, in the law, in the Reserve Bank Act, and uh, what happens is the board of the Reserve Bank uh, make a recommendation to me as Minister. They made a unanimous recommendation to reappoint Adrian. What I then do is I consult with the other parties in Parliament. I did that. Um, it is correct that National and Act both said that they didn't support um, Adrian being reappointed. However, the reasons they gave for that, I just don't think stood up. Um, New Zealand does have higher inflation at the moment than we've historically had, but that's happening everywhere in the world. And in fact, we've got the 10th lowest inflation in the 38-country OECD, and our economy overall has, has come through COVID pretty well relative to the rest of the world. So my feeling was that Adrian had done a good job. Um, the comparison to other... Um, uh, times in the past doesn't quite work because Adrian's term actually would end in March, which is well ahead of when the election is likely to be and so a one-year extension wouldn't really have um, have helped anybody and also I don't think would have been fair on the Reserve Bank. And then my final thing would be that, you know, one of the things when when we're in really challenging global economic times is you want some certainty and, and continuity. And I think having Adrian carry through um, is important. So I was pretty disappointed, to be frank, with the way that the opposition reacted to this. Um, but um, the Reserve Bank's got a job to do and I'm sure they'll get on with it. Who, who appoints the board for the Reserve Bank? How, how's that process uh, applied? Yeah, so that is that is via, via me um, and through to the Governor General. Um, but you know, some of the board members who made the original recommendation were ones who had been appointed by the previous government um, who had carried on through. So, you know, it's it's not a political board. It's it's appointed for the range of skills and background that they have. And again, I'm pretty disappointed that I guess the opposition has have kind of alluded to this idea um, that maybe it's all a bit of a jack up or whatever. That's that's pretty disappointing given that these are people of real integrity. So, yeah, I, I just don't think the performance concerns that are being raised are real. And in many ways, it feels like it's a bit of a political game being played here by the opposition. And normally we try to keep the Reserve Bank out of that. They're independent. They make their decisions about um, the official cash rate independently of government. And I'd rather it stayed that way and politicians weren't, weren't bringing them into the debate so much. Now, third third hat for you this morning is acting Prime Minister role, and that's because Jacinda Ardern is currently overseas. Uh, she's been at the East Asian Summit and also will be at APEC shortly. Now, what is significant about this trip, and, and what is the goal for New Zealand out of these two uh, big conferences that are happening? Yeah, look, it's a really important um, place for us to express ourselves as, as part of the Asia-Pacific region. Um, for New Zealand as a small country, it's really hard for us to get, you know, the, the bilateral wins and the bilateral contact because some of those larger countries um, have, have many other people they're dealing with. So you go to you go to these multilateral forums and you and you get those chances. And you might have seen some images of the PM having a chat with President Biden at the East Asia Summit. You know, that, those opportunities are ones that you've just got to grab with both hands. 
Um, and, you know, these are also countries with whom we, we have a strong relationships and emerging relationships. You might have noticed, too, the PM took the opportunity to, to say something about what's happening in Myanmar, mm-hmm. where the military have taken over the government there. And, you know, there's no better stage to raise those sorts of human rights and dem- democratic issues because these are the neighbours of Myanmar and, and this is our opportunity to put forward our views. And then, sort of thirdly and finally... Um, you know, it's still advancing our trade agenda. So the Prime Minister is in Vietnam or is just finishing up in Vietnam right now where she's had a group of New Zealand business people with her looking at trade opportunities with, with Vietnam, a very large country and one that, um, again, we have some good historic ties with. And we were able to get a bit of an upgrade for an existing free trade deal we've got with the um, Association of Southeast Asian Nations. So you kind of put all of that together and this is... The stuff we haven't been able to do for a few years because of COVID and um, a really worthwhile trip, I think. Now, one of the, the goals I see for APEC is to secure open trade, which we've just, I guess, touched on a little bit there, and secure sustainable future for the next generations. That's a, a, a big, I guess, a big goal. But what does it look like specifically in the context of, of APEC? Yeah, so Apex, um, you know, was it's historically been the place where some of the, the Asia-Pacific-wide um, trade deals have had their beginnings and so it doesn't necessarily negotiate a specific trade deal what it does is it talks about the kinds of conditions that we all agree should be part of that so for example one of the emerging areas is around e-commerce and digital trade where we haven't really grasped that within individual trade agreements so they're starting to talk about what are the rules there? You know, it's one of those enormously challenging things. How do you regulate the internet? Um, and mm. so, you know, there is there's a lot of work to be done in that area. Um, you know, I mean, to get into the nitty gritty of it, you know, e-invoicing. Um, how do you make sure that, that that's consistent across the region? How do you make sure that consumers are protected within an e-commerce environment? So that's just an example of where APEC can play a really important role in taking those sorts of trade conversations forward. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning, Grant Robertson. It's been great to have you on the show. Uh, We'll talk to you again another time. Thanks very much. Cheers, Rachel. Thanks. That was What's Up with Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern.